Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Okay, so this week we're going to be talking about communication again. First, I just want to start off with a story. It's, it's just so funny that we're starting off this episode. Again, we're delving into communication a bit more. Can I just say, before we have any, before we record any podcast, Bulba and I will catch up, we'll FaceTime, we'll have a bit of like a rundown of what we're going to talk about sometimes, like we're pretty unorganized. But this queen has me on FaceTime just now and takes me into the other room mid-chat about the podcast, puts the phone down and walks away and starts having a conversation with someone else. <laughs> And I was like, what is happening? <laughs> Passes the phone off to my cousin. Love him so much. But like literally just walks away from me. And this is so iconic booba when we're about to do a whole podcast of communication. <laughs> I thought you'd rather talk to Zach than me right now, actually. <laughs> yeah, totally happy to talk to him. But not when you and I are having like a briefing. Literally just puts it down and walks away. Oh, dear. <laughs> I told you and I had I have say, a glass of wine tonight. You know what I'm like. <laughs> I can tell you're screaming into the microphone. <laughs> what? Half a glass of wine she's poured. I know. Oh, my God. Can I just say this is so typical of our relationship as well. Like we will literally be mid-conversation. She'll just walk off. <laughs> And now she's about to school us on how to have good communication. <laughs> so the first thing you do when somebody talks to you is never walk away from them. <laughs> That's rule number one. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna take your own advice there, doll, or no? <laughs> oh oh my, god. my god! Okay, so the reason that we um, decided to <laughs> talk about communication again is because it's by far one of our most talked about podcast we had so many dms about it people were so interested in hearing about communication because it is such an important part of a relationship and it's an important part of just like you know life so i think we should probably talk about why communication is such a big part of relationships like why (laughs) to repeat myself (laughs) why why is it so important? I like you'd think I'd have it had it as well. Like, lol, no. <laughs> Stop laughing. Okay. <clears throat> Do you want me to no. answer it? <laughs> Just that I answer this. I'm, we've got to do this. Okay. The question was, <laughs> we've got to do this. <laughs> Uh, Do you want to start again? I think we should. 
actually had a glass of wine. He's drunk. <laughs> oh God! Just <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I think communication is really important okay. because I think, especially because in the last couple of years, in being a single yeah. gal, I learned a lot about how to communicate with like my friends and my loved ones and even how to like communicate with myself if we're going to go it that deep and talk about inner dialogue and yeah. inner script. But now knowing a lot more about myself and what I stand for, I realized that I was a terrible communicator in my past relationship, which probably I don't want to say led to its breakdown because we had a lot of problems. But I think that if people know how to communicate in a relationship, I think it could probably alleviate, alleviate, oh my God, now I'm stumbling, Mm. alleviate a lot of stress and a lot of conflict. Mm. So would you say that communication Mm. is a big, it was like largely attributed to conflict? Well, it's one of the biggest presenting problems in my room today, Liv. Um, And it's, and communication is not, it, it should be a learned skill. It should be taught at school. But generally, people are not taught to communicate. They learn vicariously through their parents, through teachers, through the media. Um, and that, you know, I've told you this statistic before, that one in six couples uh, end up uh, breaking down with their relationships. But um, one in four couples, then our research has found that the lack of good communication is responsible for the breakdown in one in four couples. So 25% of relationships basically break down because they can't communicate with each other. Exactly. That is extraordinarily yes. high. Yeah. Yeah. That's the sole reason for like. Well, breakdown. because if you, if people, people put up with it for a while and you know, when I get, when my couples walk through the door and they, and I'll say, you know, okay, so what's brought you into my room today? And they say, we just don't know how to talk to each other. All we do is fight. We don't know how to have a civil conversation with each other. Or I've this, you know, my, my partner doesn't talk to me for three weeks at a time. And I, and I'll go, what do you mean? And I'll say, when we fight, he just shuts down and he can go for a whole week and not open his mouth and say a word. So, like, not one word. So, like, literally, not one the communication word. breaks down so much. Yeah. They, how on yeah. earth, just I personally, mm. how could you be in a relationship like that where you can't even speak to your partner? That just, like, gives me a feeling of anxiety. It feels like there's so much hostility in the relationship. Well, the people that, that shut down uh, literally don't realise how cruel that is. Uh, it's actually one of the most rejecting things you can do is have someone just shut down and shut you out. And mm. in a way, it's a, a real bratty, bratty behavior. And this, and I actually explain this to my client that it's almost like they say to themselves, if I shut down and sulk long enough and hard enough, I'll either punish the other person or they'll come running around begging me to talk to them. But it, it really doesn't work. It actually has the reverse effect and all it does is build up resentment and it builds up anxiety in the person that's being rejected and they run around. It's super hostile. It is. It's, it's actually abusive behaviour. It's emotionally abusive. Agree. Yeah. So when um, people come into me and they do say that 
can you please teach us how to resolve conflict? Com- resolving conflict is a really big issue that I deal with. And that is because uh, the particularly Gen Y, it's quite interesting actually because I've noted it more in that generational group is that because they both believe they're right, I'm right, you're wrong, no, I'm right, you're wrong, and life becomes a tit for tat. And so in order to teach people about communication, I literally start from scratch. And um, I've mentioned this before on another podcast, but I give all my clients a questionnaire and it shows them what how they how they are behaving and how how they are communicating with each other and there are where you can't change personalities you can change behavior and Mm. so I basically I like the sound of that and so I, I say to people when they fill out the questionnaire I don't expect everybody to answer the questionnaire the same way I wouldn't expect a barrister to answer the question the same way as a social worker. I expect the barrister to come out like a pit bull terrier on the graph and I'd expect the social worker to be warm and fuzzy. But I'd so do you see different communication styles from that? Uh, yeah, definitely. What can you talk us through like what kind of are the what are the most common communication styles that you see? Well, for example, if I saw a barrister, um, he he would be very, very high in criticism, um, in what I call rescuing. He would be um, very low in in compromising. He would be mm. quite – he'd have quite good energy in being objective, but he also would be very stubborn as well. Right. So, that, so the common trends that you see are – like empathy, nurturing, rescuing, critical. Yeah, and being objective critical communication and childlike behaviour. So in right. someone who's like warm and fuzzy that I might describe as a social worker, she would be very high in nurturing. She'd be very high in wanting to rescue people. She would be very compliant, in fact, only compliant. So that her graph would be completely different. But what I say to people, it doesn't matter what your profession is and it doesn't matter what personality you have, when I can give you a label for your behaviour, you can wear one hat to work and take take it off and put another hat on when you come home so that you can actually learn about softening up and be a nicer person when you get home to what you are in the office at work. So do you think like even identifying yeah. different communication styles and <clears throat> letting them learn the way they communicate yeah, it helps a lot. It's Just very, very compartmentalize yeah. that. Well, first of all, there's three ways that three types of communication. One is what we call a predictable communication. So that if you said to me, "How are you today, Bob?" and I'd say, "I'm really great, thanks for asking, Liv," and that was a pretty predictable interaction between us. <clears throat> then there might be an unpredictable transaction where you might say, how are you today? And I might say, mind your own business. <laughs> sure. no, it's absolutely nothing to do with you. You might put the phone down yeah. and walk away from me. Yeah, it's what I did before. Uh, so that was, unpre- that was unpredictable. Um, and then 
The one that gets everybody into trouble is what we call ulterior transactions. So that you say something, but you mean something else. And that literally comes through. Is that like when someone goes, what's wrong? And you go, everything's fine. I'm fine. It's like that kind. You know, when you put up the wall and you're like, even though that something's really pissing you off, you just go, I'm fine. Expecting the other person to know that something's not fine. Well, no, that's more like um, what I call uh, they can tell by your facial expression, body language, that you're not fine. Mm. The ulterior message is where you might, somebody might say to you, live like I did just now. When am I ever going to learn how to use this computer? Oh, that's another (laughs) story. I know. (laughs) And you roll your eyes and say, I don't think you're very tech savvy, Bubba. Well, you joke it and, you, and you've got a smile on your face and you think it's really funny. But the underlying message that I got just now is how stupid I am. Oh, my God. <laughs> I didn't even mean that. I know. And most, and most people don't mean it. And, and this is what couples do to each other. So you're saying something and you, you – and I know you were joking, but – if I was a bit sensitive, and I'm not, um, yeah, be I, careful. Otherwise, everyone's going to think I'm like emotionally bashing you. <laughs> you <laughs> are, you are, yeah, and, real. You, and you did, <laughs> I did not. <laughs> but the, the, get the, do you, you get what I'm saying? I'll happily tell you that you cannot work technology, <laughs> and I'll happily tell you face. that I that I know I can't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I admit that I can't. So no, an ulterior message, and it happens between. Husbands and wives, men and women, partners, whatever, where you say something, you actually have a facial expression, a body language, but it's not congruent with what's coming out of your mouth. And so the person reacts to what's, what the underlying message is, and it usually is a criticism of some sort. Right. Okay, and they they react to the criticism and when they shout back or come back in a nasty way, the, the person that's doing giving the ulterior message looks up and says, why are you behaving like that? And, cause, and the other person will come back and say, because you just implied that I was stupid or you just implied that, you know, that I'm, I have no idea what I'm doing. And, and the other person will say, I didn't say that at all. And, the, right. and this, and that's what ulterior messages are. And, and it's one of the biggest breakdowns in relationships today too. So this is like mm-hmm. literally probably the beginning of a communication breakdown mm-hmm. or one of them. Yes. So how do you deal with that? How do you get couples to overcome that? Okay. So I, I teach them while there are eight behaviors that have their own distinct behavior. There, the two most important behaviours is number one is to validate your partner or the other person by first of all listening, actively listening to what they're saying, by validating what they're saying by playing back basically what they said, but play it back in your own words. Like don't do it, do it in your language so that they know that they've got the message as to what. Um, you were saying so. I might say that um, you, like you, you and you I. Me, I've had a really bad day. Mm. I'd be like, "Oh, you've had a bad day." That's a really bad example. 
Yeah, no. Yeah, no. If you if you said to me, "How are you tonight, Bob?" and I say, um, "Actually, I'm so tired, Liv. Um, thanks for asking. I had a really bad night last night." And if you came back and turned around and said, yeah, I had a bad night too. I've had some bad nights since I've been in lockdown. You have taken the focus away from me and taken it back to yourself. And But you have to make it my story, not yours. And you, you stay with – I know this is hard for you, Liv. <laughs> <laughs> she saw my face. I saw I your like, face. All I could think about was like, thanks for reminding me I'm back in lockdown, but sure. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, that – for, for you to validate me is for you to acknowledge what I've said. So, Bob, um, I'm so, I'm really sorry you're feeling so tired tonight. Is there anything that I can do to help you right now? Now, yeah. don't offer to help if you can't, but you could turn around and say, I'm really sorry that you're feeling tired right now. I've got to do something right now, but there, maybe there's something I can do to help you this week. Yeah. You know, so so like, be, be really authentic about it. Even just yes. acknowledging the other person's feelings or what they're going through or like yeah. it could even just be like as simple as I feel like Thai for dinner and just be like, yeah, I hear that you want Thai for dinner. I don't know, whatever. But just like yeah. validating their want, need, yeah, thought, whatever that they're trying to get across. And, and the other thing that I teach teach my clients is that there's a big difference between um, – listening like quite often women will say you don't you never listen to anything I say and the other person will turn around and say I I heard everything that you said but that's not Mm. true I'm listening but I'm really not hearing so there's a difference between what I describe as active listening or actively engaging in listening and the example is for example I might turn around and say I went to a conference today and you might turn around and say, that's nice. Um, but to and – and you, and you might say, um, did you learn anything significant? And, and I'll say, yeah, it was a great conference. But to actively engage in conversation, which is what most people don't do, is to take it further and say, well, okay, what did you learn today that was so significant compared to other conferences that you've been to? So you ask more questions in a in a at a deeper level. Do you know what I heard once? What? And I don't know if this is true in any way whatsoever. But I heard that in most communications or conversations, mm. people rather than actually listening to the person that they're speaking to, they're already thinking about what they're going to say next. Yes. So, like actively listening is probably best described as doing just that and listening to exactly what they're saying and then thinking about what you're going to say in response because even if you take that extra second or two seconds, you're probably going to come back with a comment or a question that's far more effective and meaningful to the other person, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, very much so. So if you if play back exactly what I just said, I went to a conference today and you said, <clears throat> what did you learn? Was it anything – you know that you can share was was it anything significant then i my my response to that was oh, wow she really took on board what i said because you'll find that a lot of key people when they talk to you they'll ask a question and then their eyes glaze over and they they switch off they're really not listening to you at all and you can tell you can tell definitely but with, with the couples who come in and they don't 
they're looking for conflict resolution. It's because both people believe they're right. They have this belief system that I'm right, you're wrong. No, I'm right, you're wrong. Mm -hmm. And so I teach them to stop and listen to what they both have to say and either learn to agree to disagree, but more uh, probably what would work best in a relationship is to say, look, we have an issue here that we can't agree on, but can we sit down and look at uh, all the options that we can come up with to find a solution that would be a win-win situation for both of us? And you know what I do with my clients to prove a point to them? I grab a box of tissues (laughs) and Mm -hmm. I say to them, okay, so if you look at the box of tissues from the small side, and I don't know centimetres, so I say, how wide is it in inches from your side? And one person will say it's four inches wide. And I'll say, you're right. And then I turn the box around and say, well, I'm looking at the same box and I'm seeing 10 inches from my side. So we're both looking at the same box from a different perspective. And this is what life is all about. You're a boy, I'm a girl. We both grew up in different homes, different messages, different families, different maybe values, different belief systems. And we've got filing cabinets in our brain where we've made decisions about how we view life. Now, short of looking at a white piece of paper and saying it's white and somebody arguing and saying it's black, that's being contrary. But in reality... There's no right and wrong with most things. And so I teach my couples to say, hold on, <coughs> pardon me, we're both looking at the, the same box from a different perspective and so let's learn to agree to disagree and not and not try to prove to each other how right they are and how wrong the other person is. And yeah. I guess at the end yeah. of the day, you are going to have conflicting views on things no mm. matter what. You're never going to come across a person mm. or a partner that you completely agree with every single topic with. And if you did, how boring. Like, no thanks. But it's how you deal with it and how you see each other's sides and how you try and, you know, be a little bit more flexible with each other just to try and find some sort of resolution. But I know that we've talked a lot about listening and like taking on you know whatever your partner's saying or your friend or whoever but do you think that there are breakdowns because people don't know how to effectively communicate yes yeah they do i think first of all women are much better at talking about their feelings than men and and a lot of women say you know my partner never lets me know how he's feeling and if i turned around and say to a guy, can you tell me how you're feeling? They'll shrug their shoulders and come back and say, uh, I think I'm, no, they'll say, I think I'm tired. And I'll say, that's not a feeling. I can't. That is, I think (laughs) I'm tired. And do you know what? I'd be like, well, I woke up and then I had a coffee and I I went over here and blah, blah, blah. I'd give you a play So men come back with thinking descriptions, not feeling. And, The other thing that 
I also explain that when very often women use tears for everything. What do you mean they use tears? So they cry when they're happy. They cry when they're sad. They cry when they're angry. They, They cry when they're anxious. Yeah, I'm an angry okay, crier. So when well, you're an sure. angry crier, the recipient will look at you and think she's not authentic. And they'll Since when did tears become inauthentic? That be, is I'll tell bullshit. you why. Because because tears go with sadness. And when when you cry well, when you're sad then people will say they'll put they're more inclined to put their arm around you to comfort you than crying when you're angry because they know when you're angry and you're crying out of frustration and the rea- and I, I'm a, why I, I'm an expert at this because my mother was that sort of person <laughs> my mother used <coughs> an angry my, she, she cried with everything so you get yeah. kids are very very good at picking up what the real emotion is and so when my mother cried for everything when she was sad we all were very very empathetic towards her but when she cried when she was angry which was a lot of the time we all rolled our eyes and walked away and Mm. men on the other hand use anger to hide their real feelings so they they get angry Mm. when they're anxious and they get angry when they're sad and they get angry when when they're really angry, and when you know when they're really angry that it's an authentic feeling. So, you know, I I say to, to my couples but that if, yeah, go sorry, on. Hang on, sorry. If you're sorry from a guy's perspective, mm-hmm. if they're frustrated or they are in a situation and they're having that like frustration anger response, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that their anger isn't genuine. It's just the way that they express their frustration right same with crying like if I'm angry crying it's not I'm trying to cry it's just like it it happens naturally so it's not ingenuine no but if you live with somebody who cried every time they were angry <clears throat> you would roll their your their you, that you would roll their eyes and walk away true <clears throat> and you would think here I am crying my eyes out and, the, and that person just walked away from me but I definitely thought that yeah yes. But if you've cried because you're sad, the person will walk towards you and put their arm around you. Right. So um, how do you deal with this? So it's it's about you identifying yourself. Uh, there's, there's only there's five basic feelings: sad, angry, fearful, happy, sexual, and the Chinese talk about shame being number six. And I agree with them. Because shame has its own separate feeling. So a lot of our words like depression is a mixture of sadness and anger. And Mm. frustration can be sadness and anger as well, or it could be anxiety and anger. And so all the words that we know are a mixture of those five basic feelings. Wow. And so if you can identify – if when somebody tells me they're depressed, I say, are you angry and sad? And they'll say, yes. I say, well, who are you angry at and what are you sad about? Mm. And to go back to teaching people about how to communicate, it's by explaining that most of the time when there's conflict that you can't resolve, it's usually because 
somebody is being critical of the other person and the other person then goes responds in a childlike response because the very first critical person we ever heard in our lives were our mums and dads. And as an adult, if somebody criticises us, off goes their face and we all revert to being like seven-year-olds and act the same way as we did around mum and dad when we were seven. So we either put up and shut up or we, we rebel. And that's what adults do. So I explain, no wonder you don't resolve your conflict because you've got a parent-child dynamic going on here or yeah. two rebellious children fighting for the toy. Um, yeah. So the reality is, is that you need to get out of that. You need to be able to validate what's going on with the other person by acknowledging it, but getting into what I call adult, which is factual, objective, rational, unemotional, and saying, okay, let's stop this fight. Let's sit down and say, we have to find a solution. Let's look at all our options. And when I talk about adult, you must have three options. If you haven't got three, you're not in adult. What do you mean three options? Well, when you're working out, say, if you, if I said to you, what, what are you going to do about getting out? What, what do you want to do about work? Right. And you might turn around and say, well, I'll either work from home, I'll go into the office, um, or I might find another place to go to work at or find another job. So when we talk about situational options, it's about what do we do about dinner tonight? What will we do about our finances? What will we do about our relationship? So unless you have three options, A, B, and C, you're not functioning in adult. So, so it's like you're literally removing all emotional any emotional energy, feeling yes. attached to it and you're becoming far more practical, pragmatic yes. and like more black and white. 100%. And so why I say three is that if you haven't got three, you can throw in a stupid one and it, it, a stupid option is still an option. Like jumping off the harbour bridge is a stupid option but you could still throw it in. So okay. <laughs> um that when I talk about situational options, that's one option. But when I talk to my clients about changing their behavior so that they can get on better with each other, I actually then talk about behavioral options. And you ask yourself, if I behave in a certain way, like if I criticize this person right now, what will be the consequences? Mm-hmm. If I rescue this person, if I nurture this person, if I'm objective, if I say what I truly think and feel, if I put up and shut up, what will be the consequences? Now, I say to them, you don't really have to go through all of that. You can short circuit it by validating the person and by being objective. But the the other thing, the other area that I need to talk about because it's very, very loud and alive and well in couples is what I call rescuers. Now, rescuers are the nicest people on this earth. I think they've been put on this earth to be everybody's everything. And it's I, I often explain to guys that it really is primal. It really comes from the hunter-gatherer male who was put on this earth to look after his family, feed them, you know, protect them, uh, keep them warm, 
all the above. Literally be yes. like the rest of and th- Yes, everyone. okay. So it's inbuilt in mouths so that when they they come home from work and they say to their wives or partners, how was your day today? And the partner turns around and said, I had the most shocking day with the kids. And he turns around and says, well, honey, have you thought of getting up in the morning and doing the house as quickly as you can, and then you can spend the whole day with the kids and then you won't have to freak, you know, freak out about not having time for them. And she's going to shout at him and say, I didn't ask you to tell me how to run the family. All I want you to do is say, honey, I'm sorry you've had a bad day today. Is there anything I can do for you? So any free advice that's given is heard as criticism, and that's basically – what a lot of couples do, they give each other free advice, which is really comes from a good place, but most people hear yeah. it as criticism. So again, I teach my clients never to tell the other partner what to do, to ask them what they would like them to do for them. It's the age-old trick of letting them think it's their own idea. Yeah, no, asking them, just asking them. But One of the things that um, I do think is also important that I hear a lot about is that one of the big greatest breakdowns in communication today is men and women both reporting to me that they have lost contact with their partners because they spend their most of the nights when they come home from work with their faces in their media. Well, that actually is really interesting because I did want to ask you. How does communication compare now <clears throat> to when it did when you were growing up? Well, first of all, we didn't have mobile phones and we didn't have iPhones. And and we families used to meet for dinner every night and sit around a table um, and eat our dinners together and talk about the day. But, to, yeah. but, but it, evolution has changed. Women go to work. In my days, the women stayed home and looked after the kids – Guys came home to a lovely cooked meal. But now life is so busy. But that is, and that is probably not the norm at all. It is so far from it. And even when you get home, like, yeah, I'm in lockdown in Sydney at the moment, but like, even when you would get home from work, you're often still responding to emails, to texts, to whatever. Your Apple Watch is going off. You're literally accessible 24 7 to work, friends, partners, family, whoever. Mm. It's like you've, it's actually really difficult to switch off and be present. Yes. And most, I'd like a dollar for every guy that tells me that they, they go to bed with their wives, um, with their faces in their, either their iPads with list, looking at Instagram or TikTok or whatever it is that they are looking at. They don't talk to each other. And so really like making sure that you're aware of how much time you're spending on your phone and your screen and, time. And, Especially when you're hundred percent. Especially if you're having communication difficulties. Yes, and I I say to them that you need to make some new rules and contracts as to how much time you spend on the media and how how and it's so important with communication for couples to learn about going out on date nights where they can actually sit and talk to each other and no media. They don't and like leave your phone. Well, at they can't. Home. There's mm. nothing that – well, why? There's – or even like have an hour free – like a 
phone free. Well, that that should be that done at home. Quite often, people will take their phones because they're worried about leaving babysitters with their kids and things like that. But 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 I think the important thing is that the rule is that when they come home, they turn their phones off, or they they have they have no media uh, on at all for a couple of hours every night so that at least they can look at each other in the face and talk to each other. Yeah, yeah. The phones in the bedroom. Yeah. Unless you're watching porn. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yes, uh, yes. Um, I think, is there anything else that you wanted to touch on quickly? I think we've almost well, run I, out of time. I, I think I'd like just to finish on the note that um, – when when we talk about communication and I talk about communication with couples, I also explain to my couples how important it is to validate your children because most people don't do that. Mm. In fact, when their children talk yeah. to them, their parents' eyes do glaze over and they do stop listening or they're so busy watching their looking in their Instagram and their TikToks and things like that that they don't even listen to their kids. So the deal that I say to my so. clients is, at least once a day, and it's not not every time your children talk to you because they can drive you mad, just validate what they're saying. So if you say to your child, how was your day today, listen. And if they say they had a horrible day today, stop and look in their eyes and say, talk to me about it and tell me what happened. And then you don't say, oh, well, if he said somebody bullied me at school, you don't say I'm going down to the school tomorrow. You say to the child, what did you do about it? And is there anything that you would like me to do about it as well? So you listen to your children and you validate what they're saying as well because most people don't do that. What mm. a great way to val- yeah, like not only validate the mm. child but also like learn them coping yes. tactics. Like ask them what they would do. What can you yes. do to help? Like that's just yes. really healthy. Yes, communication. Yes. To so as I said, yeah, we, communication is something that we have to learn, and we can all be so much nicer to each other just by listening and looking into each other's eyes when we talk to each other. And as she says this, she's I staring am. into my <laughs> eyes through the screen. <laughs> Oh, I love that. I would actually keep looking into your eyes right now. Oh, yeah, how long but... have you got a month? Oh, I don't do the days anymore. I don't Nearly care. a month. But as soon as the borders open, All right, darling. Okay, so <laughs> All right, maybe we'll um, think about or ask people to write in some questions for next week. Might be nice too. Mm. Absolutely. I'll put a little question box up on mm. my Instagram of anything you want to ask Bubba, let us know what you want us to talk about and what you want to ask her because she knows a lot of things about lots of <laughs> topics and I am but a mere... You do a damn lady. good job, Dan. Um, <laughs> oh, thanks, Bubba. Um, but everyone who's been sharing the podcast, thank you so much. Please keep sharing it and um, letting your friends know about us. Um, we really appreciate it and we'll see you next okay, week. Okay, bye, doll. Bye-bye. Bye. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.